Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does, they charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Like a child, sick in bed. Little joke came and kissed me on the head in a cold sweat. I know what it meant, but I don't know why. The voice is in the amplifier, must be the poison arrow. I'm awake, but I can't concentrate. Gotta make my life more narrow. I'll just sit and read my book. I can't believe the Century Egg is an artful young pop rock band based in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Featuring lyrics in Mandarin and English, sung by a young woman named Shane Song, Century Egg are an animated quartet in more ways than one. They've just released a new EP called River God, which is available on their Bandcamp page. You can hear a song from it in the background as I'm speaking to you right now. It's called Lost Angel. Lost Angel, that is from the new River God EP. And the band are set to play select shows across Canada, including stops at the E-Bar in Guelph on April 7th for Kazoo Fest. Shane, Robert, Tree, and Nick make up Century Egg, and all of them recently joined me for an in-depth conversation about what life is like in Halifax, Calgary, and China, Shane's upbringing in China and her background as a graphic artist and animator, oppression and liberation, how racialized musicians are underrepresented in Canada, playing cool music, and much more. And you're going to hear a a whole song by Century Egg from this new River God EP. So please get comfortable and listen to me in conversation with Century Egg on Creative Control. Uh, hi, Century Egg. How's it going over there? Hello. Hi. <laughs> My, I, I'm Vish. It's nice to meet you this way. Where are you guys right now? We're in Halifax, Nova Scotia, in um, uh, Tree's room. Um, in which, my room. Yes. Hanging out. In your room. That's That sounds nice. Now, can each of you individually introduce each other, or yourselves, sorry, <laughs> to people listening so we can identify everyone? Sure. Uh, this is Shang Song. I'm the singer of the band. I'm Robert Dristel. I play guitar. Hi, I'm Nick Dorado. I play the bass. And I'm Tree Lee. I play the drums. Nice to speak with all of you. Thank you for being on this show. And uh, I'm curious right away about uh, your, your, your time in Halifax, how you all arrived in Halifax, whether you're from Halifax. Can you talk, each of you, a little bit about your relationship to the city and, and how you ended up there? Sure. Well, uh, let's see. This is Robert. Um, I am from Halifax myself, and uh, been playing music in town for a long time. Tree, you're also from... Yeah, I was born and raised in Halifax. I've been here basically my whole life. Uh, I'm... My name's Nick. I'm from Calgary. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I moved to Halifax to go to school. Is it starting to feel like you're in, like, a, a meeting? Like, you have to introduce... 
You're like you're kind of introducing <laughs> yourself you to your own band. Yeah. Well, we don't want to sound. We want to know who's. I guess who's who's talking. I, I know it's. Like, I'm just like staring at this microphone. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I... I'm from China. Uh, I came to Canada how many years ago? Eight, nine years ago, uh, attending NASCAD, and I met Robert as a roommate, and later we started the band. Cute. Yeah, <laughs> that is cute. Okay, that's that's interesting. So there's some you got two Haligonians there, so people familiar with the city, and then I think uh, some. Obviously, I think some people will be a little surprised uh, that one of you is actually from Calgary. Calgary. Really? Why do you think that? What's so surprising about that, Vish? <laughs> I just feel like Calgary doesn't really produce that many musicians, and then send them to Halifax. That's an odd trajectory. I feel like I thought so myself, but I feel like when I left Calgary, I actually left behind like some of the brightest young musicians in the country. Okay, if that's what you think. I mean, wait, what? <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just teasing you. I'm just making fun. I think Calgary is a, a lovely place and uh, produces amazing musicians. Everyone knows that. It's a, fu- it's a pretty fucked up place. There's no question about that. What makes it so uh, messed up, as it were? It just, like, the political history of Calgary, I guess, is pretty bizarre. The fact that it has uh, Canada's uh, economic center and, like, the center of, like, the world exploiting itself. Uh, it's quite an existential place, in fact. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, uh, for what it's worth, that, that infrastructure is crumbling now. Yeah. And, and, and that some, some people are... Well, I mean, some people are very devastated by this, but you sound like you're maybe not as sympathetic about that. I just like do you. Um, do you talk to Albertans about it? They're like, uh, like eternally optimistic people. Like they believe in capitalism, man. <laughs> do you remember yeah, when it flooded, like two years ago? The, yes, of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you you know of this band called Un Blonde, correct? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. That was, like, one thing I was really surprised about. Like, I know that there are lots of Calgarian musicians scattered around the rest of Canada, uh, where I feel like there were a lot of people that, like, were inspired by cool music that was happening there and the campus mm-hmm. radio station, CJSW, uh, but all live in other places and do their music there. Yeah, I mean, it's a hotbed for some really creative work uh, musically. I mean, just off the top of my head, like Braids came from there, but went to Montreal. I know, totally. Chad Van Galen is staying there. Truth. He won't. Did you know any of those people? I didn't know them personally when I was a kid because I grew up in the Burbs. uh, And they were like in the cool downtown situation. But I knew of them. I followed them as as a real fanboy. When I was in high school, right? Okay, I mean, my my wife's from Alberta. She's from Edmonton, so we I go there all the time. I now understand why you feel so excited to shit talk Alberta. It's like it comes <laughs> with the family so much. <laughs> I agree. I I, I I concur. I concur is what I meant to say there. Uh, Shane, Shane, you moved to uh, Canada. Uh, what would you say eight years ago? Uh, eight nine years ago, yeah. And and why NASCAD of all places in the world that you could have gone to? Okay, so. When I was applying for grad school, uh, I believe uh, NASCAD was the only school that offered a master program in design. And uh, my major when I was in China was animation. And that was considered as, like, the, in the design category. So I can technically only apply for a design master program. So... If I want to apply uh, any school in Canada, it will have to be uh, NASCAD. I could, I had the choice to go to the States, but it was way more expensive, so I didn't do that. Okay, and, and so Canada, you, you might have ended up somewhere else in Canada, perhaps, but you, you managed to, to, to get to Halifax. Is that what happened? Uh, no, no, no. It's just like NASCAD was the only school uh, available for Oh, me. I see. Yeah. Okay, and so so your background's animation. What got you in animation? Hard to say. I I always liked anime, um, and just like animation in general. Love for video games. And and I love video games. And also, um, it's it, like 
art education is very competitive in China. It's not like you have interest in art, then you can go to art school. You have to be trained for like over certain amount of years and then take exams. And uh, if you want to go to fine art, then the st standard is even higher. So basically, I fail to pass uh, the the best fine art schools in China, but I passed uh, the animation program in some of the best universities. So I picked one of them. Oh, nice! So you're you're good at this. Uh, yeah, I I I'd say so. <laughs> <laughs> Shane is very very good at that, actually. <laughs> you you and 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 you incorporate this skill set within the band Century Egg, right? Like you, you with videos and uh, do you do any of the artwork for the I do all the, the artwork. Uh, I do all the artwork for our band and uh, I think that's one of the feature of our band is it's very animated. So that that that's fair, that's fair in the music as well. And and which language are you singing in? Uh in Chinese in Mandarin. In Mandarin. Okay. And and but you speak English. Why why did you choose to sing in Mandarin? I don't know. I can't write lyrics in English. It's not my first language, so like I can use it to communicate. It's a tool for me, but it's not a, a creative tool for me. Uh, it's just a communicable tool for me. So if I'm going to do anything poetic or, 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 or uh, arty, it, it would have to be Chinese. Okay, that's interesting. And do you do you? But you listen to a lot of English. Like you, how long have you been speaking English? So my generation, um, Chinese kids usually start to learn English since like elementary school or uh, junior high. But it's very like English education for uh, passing the exams. So yeah, I started to learn English, learn English when I was a kid. But really, I learned English through like music and movies and cartoons and like that kind of stuff. Right. Okay. That's that's fascinating. A uh, tree. When do I don't know? Do you have, do you, do you, does your band have conversations about what Century Egg songs are about? And if so, can you talk a little bit about some themes that you've encountered in in Shane's lyrics? Well, actually, my background, uh, my parents are from Vietnam, so I don't know any Mandarin, any <laughs> Chinese at all. Oh, sorry, I wasn't, oh, sorry, I wasn't, a, sorry, oh, I didn't you mean to insinuate you I might know. Yes. No, no, I I did ask, I know, I just was picking someone who hadn't spoken yet. I'm sorry, I didn't, <laughs> I wasn't picking you because I thought you might uh, actually comprehend the language. I meant, uh, do you guys actually, as a band, have conversations about the lyrics? Uh, we've talked about the lyrics from time to time, but I think it's more of like a personal side of Robert and Shane that really take control of the lyrics in the band. Yeah, Shane right. and I um, co-write the songs, and uh, it's it's an interesting process when we're writing the songs in uh, writing the the uh, the songs with Chinese lyrics because it's kind of like I, I, I get lines and they're actually in the. Uh, the Mandarin, uh, like in the characters, where each character is a single syllable, and I'm just constructing the melodies from just like the number of characters that are in there. And, and uh, you know, Shane and I work out like, you know, like where the cadence is supposed to be in, in each line. Like, I actually, even as we're writing the songs together, I don't have a very direct uh, uh, knowledge of what the lyrics mean explicitly. So, so it's a bit of a distance, but I think that's kind of what has made the. Uh, the songwriting kind of successful because the music works without like it, it, they would work as instrumentals but then the lyrics and the meaning of them is is uh kind of extra kind of fortifies the whole thing yeah is it is it weird for you robert as a co-songwriter to not know what the songs might be sort of about or what, what the meaning is there uh no well i i, I get kind of a rough I get kind of a rough conceptual outline and trying to write songs kind of based on like that kind of theme. Um, I, I, for me, it helps having a lot of uh, distance from the content to think about just like music on its own. Like, like I, I, I write some lyrics for the band myself too, and that works out a certain way, but it's kind of cool writing it in like the way I would write instrumental music. It comes yeah, there, there are probably about half of our songs are in English and Robert wrote all of the lyrics of those songs. And I always translate 
all the Chinese lyrics、um, into English、uh, before we start to work on the music,、uh, and 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 sometimes explain my motivation of why I'm writing the song, or he would just know because we have been living together forever.、Um, so like, even though he probably wouldn't fully understand why the lyrics work in a literature kind of way, I. Like that's something I'm in charge of,、uh, like to control if the music is emotionally expressing the meaning of the lyrics or not. So, so Shane, if you're if you're transcribing or rather translating the, the lyrics, are you doing that for the express purpose of informing your bandmates about where you're where you've taken a song? I'm hoping that one day she just like pulls the wool over her eyes and like writes a song about like writes something with really obscene lyrics and tells us that we're writing something that's got like really good like social values and we'll be none the wiser. <laughs> But we've never really had that conversation ever. <laughs> What I, I I didn't understand the question. Well, specifically, Shane, I wondered if you were doing your bandmates a, a kind of a courtesy in translating the meaning for. Are you doing it for them? Are you doing it for us? Uh, why, why are you translating the songs、uh, ahead of time, as you were saying you you do? Oh, I I only translate the lyrics for Robert for like the purpose of writing music.、Um, so to be honest,、um, for the longest time,、uh, I didn't want to translate my、yeah. lyrics into English or tell anyone what they're about because I'm not confident enough.、Uh, not because I'm not confident confident about the lyrics, but But、uh, because I know that、uh, things get lost in translation, and I'm not a good enough translator to do a job that give people like the full experience of what it's supposed to be.、Uh, but recently,、um, I have been translating lyrics to other band members,、uh, and they seem. To be okay with them, <laughs> <laughs> nobody's quit yet. Anyways, <laughs> so, but what? <laughs> uh, uh, Shane, I want to get back to you in terms of meaning in a moment, but I do think it might be interesting to hear from from some of your bandmates about about your songs. Maybe let's go with Nick. I don't think we've heard much. Nick, are you being are you being kind of quiet right now? Maybe I don't know. Am I? <laughs> I feel like we. I'm not a, sure. Feel like we had a lively back and forth already. Yeah, that's true. We did about Calgary. Yeah, okay. It's you know I I, I forgot about that already.、Oh, But do you want to? <laughs> oh my God, Ace, Ace. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can you talk a little bit about your interpretation of of some of、uh, Shane's lyrics and some of these Century Egg songs? Do you have a sense of? Do any of them? Do you have any highlights, like lyrical highlights、um, for you? Well, uh, all all those songs. Yeah, I mean, like honestly, I love I love all of the songs. I well, I remember when I first started playing in this band, I was really curious and asked Shane all the time to translate the lyrics.、Uh, but then, like when I first talked to Shane about it, Shane said that she wasn't that interested in translating the lyrics, and I think that I was really deeply satisfied by that.、Uh, and. Any time I get the opportunity, when we're just hanging out and it sort of comes out what the songs are about, like it's really clear to me that the songs are very honest. That all of the music is actually very honest, and it's really fun to be a part of this band for that reason. And like knowing Shane and Robert really well, knowing about their like interpersonal problems and the shit that we like all get together about, and like why we enjoy each other's company.、Um, uh, and then I find out about the content of the songs, and it's usually very similar to that. Like. Not trying to act cool, finding ways to speak to our parents about the intergenerational and cultural gaps between us.、Uh, songs about libraries, like innocent songs, or also too like something that I love so much is that a lot of the songs are like、uh, reimaginations of Chinese folkloric characters. So again, like that, it's just so fun to play because it's not like an emo song. But it's something that has a character and a life of its own, and it like, it's like they're really jubilant and buoyant for that reason. Like the songs really have a life of their own. I feel like they're not like deeply. They are deeply personal, but I don't think that they're like about any. I don't know how to say that. <laughs> well, I mean, listening to it, not knowing the language, but listening to the to the songs that you have released online so far, 
it's clear to me that they have meaning, like emotional. There's an emotional meaning there. Uh, it, it actually makes me wonder if, in your experience as a band, does the language barrier, if you will, does it even matter? Does it even matter when you're in front of an audience uh, and no one there speaks Mandarin? Do you, is it is it coming across? Is it getting across to people uh, being uh, in your experience I thus far? It, I think it is kind of the similar way that like. People still go to the opera. They'll see a Puccini opera or something like that. They get surtitles, but, uh, you know, I'm making lofty comparisons, of course. <laughs> Robert but brought Puccini into this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Puccini will have none of that. No, but, you know, like, there's, uh, it was like, like I'm saying about our songwriting style, like, we want the music to be enjoyable, whether you understand the lyri- of the lyrics or not. However, if you do understand the meaning of the lyrics, and we have had audience members that have really connected on... Uh, you know who who have uh, you know who are uh, Mandarin uh, speaking who ha- have uh, connected and enjoyed uh, the lyrics and that makes it all all the better. Um, yeah, it, it's a, an interesting that that we've had this uh, distance with ourselves, but also with uh, with the audience. It seems like we've been having good uh, good receptions with audiences, despite the fact that they don't understand the lyrics, uh, which means that something's working there, but. If we want, we want to, re, uh, you know, we, we hope to meet people who do understand, uh, do understand our lyrics, and and will find it to be something special for them specifically too. I think. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh, I remember at the very beginning of um, of the band. I think it's before we even found Nick and Tree. Uh, we ha- well, I personally had this fear that if I sing in Chinese on the stage. Uh, people might like get mad at me because they encounter something they don't understand because that happens. Um, right. But like, my thought was, if they were angry about something they don't understand, uh, that almost makes me more want to like present that thing to them. Totally. And uh, and if not, then great. Like then there's no language barrier. So either way is good for me. So we just, we really didn't really think about if language is going to be a barrier or not. And we just continue and it's working. Yeah, I also think that that's like one of the really fun parts about choosing to play in a band like Century Egg is that you get to like really not worry about things like the language barrier because it's just like, our relationship our relationship to the music and the project is so much deeper that those kinds of barriers are truly so superficial compared to like everything else that we're dealing with in terms of getting the music across that I like can't even think of the last time I thought about that yeah I I don't know how uh, the audience feel about listening to uh, a language they don't understand but just within the band like we like Nick and I Tria and I talk about stuff like relationship with our parents or like being a uh, being an immigrant and like dating as a minority uh like that kind of life experience so much uh, yeah that we just like like i think that's why nick stopped asking me about the meaning <laughs> of the lyrics because it's pretty much stuff we talk about all, all the, the time. time yeah <laughs> that well that that's cool i mean that means you're you're kind of it sounds like you're a very close knit band that way. You 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 talk to each other about whatever's on your mind. <laughs> yes. <laughs> While eating food. It's very true. <laughs> Shane always kind I, of I, had the goal to have a family band that like the band would be like a family and Shane would be the supreme ruling mother. <laughs> and I think that we've we've come pretty close. Yes. <laughs> well, let's talk about that. How did this band actually come together? We kind of got the we know there's a Calgary, China, Halifax connection, but let's talk about the history of Century Egg. Where did this band come from? How did it come together? Well, it started really with uh, Shane and I uh, writing tunes uh, together. Um, kind of. Yeah. Can, can I talk about this? Do you okay. mind if I like tell them about like a little bit more like private side of things? Uh, I'd rather I had a. I, it's not going to be. No, it's not going to <laughs> okay, be that. Uh, full disclosure: Shane and I are life partners. Um, yeah, I got. Ga- I gathered that. Yeah, I figured <laughs> okay. that out. Oh, so, so thing. the very, very, very beginning is when we just started to date. Um, 
because I always, always wanted to be in a band since I was a teenage girl, and it it's, it never seemed to be possible back then. And uh, when I just started to date Robert, and he's a musician, I was like, oh, I should take advantage of that. And uh, <laughs> and then okay. I I said, can you write some songs for me to sing? And uh, he wrote some really, really nice stuff. Uh, but at that time, there was no like there's there's no like emotional motivation. Uh, he wrote something that sound sounded like a co- cocktail twins. It was really really nice, but it never turned into something. We never finished those songs. Um, I think just because the the motivation is not genuine enough. And then later we um, we spent time together, and then we experienced thing, things, and then. Uh, there are things happened, and then we started to write songs to express our feelings towards each other or to our parents, our, our family, uh, life situation, and all that. And that turned into Century Egg. Yeah, we were um, in Toronto for a good while, and uh, and then we were separate for a bit. Where Shane was back in Halifax, and I was living in Toronto. And then when I rejoined here, it was like, okay, let's finally we're back in the same city let's make get a big get a band together and do it and i've been talking to nick for a while uh, about doing something uh, and we jammed some improv type stuff and then i played him some of the demos that we had that shane and i had done and he was like well why don't we just play this stuff and tree was living with nick at the time too so we're uh cohabitant uh type bands yeah <laughs> as soon as i heard the songs yeah i know robert makes it seem so chill like we, tree and i were no, friggin' losing I, our minds <laughs> i i actually lost it and told nick uh I, after after he had jammed with uh with uh shane and robert i told nick i was like anything i have to do to get in this band i'm going to do we what? didn't even oh so what, song? what song we didn't jam we didn't jam i showed tree the recording of the the mountain demo god. recording of mountain god oh. and we like literally lost I, our minds I for lost. weeks for weeks and weeks and weeks i also it's so funny then when robert's like yeah nick and i were kind of like talking maybe jamming like i knew robert from before because robert played in some of my favorite bands that were ever in halifax uh and i was a big Robert Drisdell fanboy, it's true. What what were some of those bands? The main band was called Chanteuse, which was like a project that Robert which Robert was like the mastermind of and it was like sort of a I'm gonna just go for it, like a little bit of like a post rock, symphonic rock kind of thing. Yeah, instrumental thing. Instrumental music, rock. Yeah. And at the time I was also playing an instrumental rock band and our songs were like just so unsophisticated compared to Chanteuse and every time I saw Chanteuse play I just felt so ashamed. <laughs> and, that wasn't my intention. Um, but it was really cool. And then Robert moved to Toronto to do his master's in composition. And then I thought I would never see or hear from Robert again. But then I found out he was moving back to Halifax. And the day I found out he was moving back, I remember the, like, the minute I found out he was moving back, sending him a message being like, tell me the day you're back. We're going to start practicing all the time. Because Robert is a clarinet master. Or, uh-huh. you know, in, uh, a master of the clarinet, <laughs> and uh, I am a, a, a saxophone freak, a freak of the saxophone. Uh, so we started working on that for a few months, and then one day Robert came over with a bottle of... Um, hopes and Dreams. No, what was it called? Uh, sherry. I guess it was a bottle of Sherry. And he played me all of the demos on his computer, as per my request, and then... Once we got to the end, he played me. He was like, hey, here are some of the songs I'm working on with my partner, Shane. And then when I listened to them, like Tree, I totally went crazy. Like, I remember going crazy. (laughs) Bananas. And remember thinking, like, at that moment, like, Robert, we're putting down everything we're working on. And we're going to make this come to life because it's going to work for us for sure. That was like a year ago. Now, can can you articulate just what it was that made you feel so crazy? Yeah, for sure. If you want me to, I'm going to sound like such a cheesy fanboy, though. Go for it. Um, it's, o- it's okay. They, I don't think Robert can hear you. It's fine. There's nothing should, to be embarrassed about. You can't see the look on his face right now. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like his birthday. He's like a 12-year-old on his birthday. Well, like, for one, I 
also like you know like in my journey of learning about music and the music of the world and discovering like a broader spectrum of composition and the history of music which is something that I've known Robert and I have like always had in common I'm not really that interested in hearing music in English as much anymore uh, so for one that was thrilling for me to hear music in another language and possibly have the opportunity to play in a band in Canada that wasn't an English speaking band but on top of that uh, like I have a I I'm a, like a studying musician as well and somebody who is really into composition and could hear the sophistication of the ideas the complexity of the ideas but could also tell that I understood how the music worked so I could tell that I could understand it was like just the perfect mentoring opportunity which is like the kind of thing I'm always chasing down uh, well that sounds lovely that's cool I mean it sounds like the dream band for Tree and Nick anyway it is. I look at us right now. I really wanted to play in like a cool poppy rock and roll band, and this was my opportunity. And it was it, it was just it was exactly what I was looking for at the time. I mean, Halifax has a rich history of of such bands, but I can't think of too many that sound like you and, and have this makeup. Do you have? Is there? Do you know of anyone doing anything similar to Century Egg right now in terms of? The composition of the band, the language of the band, and then the sound of the band. I, I can't think of too many things, but maybe maybe you can. I will confidently say we are the most unique band in the world. Oh! <laughs> well, I don't know. I will okay, say, no, uh, that's, that's wrong. I'll take that back. I'll uh, interject here. Okay. Um, yeah, no, in, in Halifax uh, and in Canada, I mean... Yeah, I mean we've we've looked. We're I, I'm not sure what other bands are in Canada. Please get asked if you're a Chinese speaking band. We want to know who you are, um, or really anything. Um, I don't know. Cool bands. I, I I don't know enough about what's going on. But um, we draw a lot of inspiration from um, Taiwanese music in particular, um, like uh, like um, the. Uh, Wanfu and uh, uh, I, not just Taiwanese music, like a lot of Asian, um, Asian countries. Music. There's a, there are a lot of really exciting uh, acts coming out in like, uh, yeah, uh, Taiwan and, and Japan, and uh, it's harder to find out about stuff that's going on in mainland China, but uh, but there's um, but there's some good stuff in the '80s and '90s, and we're influenced by those as well. Yeah, <coughs> Fei Wang. Um, yeah, there's definitely there's certainly a precedent um, in uh, in like pop music for for what we're doing here. It's just no one's really done that specific thing here. Do you do you have a sense of maybe why? I mean, again, this is a totally unique endeavor. I, I think anyone who hears it, anyone who sees it, will will discover that. But do you have a sense of why no one has thought to do this before? <laughs> I mean, I think it's because there's been a lack of representation in that. I mean, like uh, indie rock in particular was like you know like you know, just white dudes, um, and, uh, and like, you know, if, you know, young people of color have nothing to, you know, if they don't see themselves in the band that's there, it doesn't seem like it's supposed to be the thing for them, um. Yeah, definitely, like, on what Rob, like, if Robert is going to open up that can of worms, like, it straight up is a hostile music community, uh, and it's like not inclusive or welcoming to people who have different experiences of the world, uh, and it sort of is just a, a like part of the situation that there are so many people that are like interested in indie rock, rock music, pop music, who are here in Canada that like want to participate in that thing and truly can't. And I only can really say that feeling confidently to you right now because after we've started this band in the last year of doing so much music. Uh, Everywhere we go, every time we play shows, I have people personally come up to me and tell me exactly that. Yeah. No, I, I, when you say a hostile uh, environment or community, you're referring to the Canadian indie rock community. You're not talking about Halifax, right? Oh, that's a whole other can of worms. I feel like if we even tried to open up the Halifax can of worms, it would be... <laughs> Quite a wormy it's, mess. It's, there's, it, there, there's similar scenes in uh, in, in uh, different cities. Like, uh, remember you, you talked to um, uh, Lido Pimienta um, a few months back, not long after. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. 
Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. After her uh, Toronto now cover story, um, and she was talking about the same thing in, in Toronto. I think you'd probably find that in similar places, like uh, or, or in other cities in in Canada, where uh, um, yeah, like like people are. I don't know if it's either like on purpose or just because uh, you know the bands are, or like uh, music scenes do have some racial segregation going on. But like uh, a rock scene is like, or, or like a rock, you know, an indie rock show is going to be like several bands that are predominantly. Uh, white or predominantly white, white dudes and then other genres have other de- demographics and things like that. In Halifax I find lately there seems to be uh, a bit more um, uh, you know people mixing up the bill. I mean um, because of a truly it, like extremely concerted effort by people. It's an, it's a, it's an activist hef- effort for sure to yeah. actually break down barriers in Halifax and it's really exciting to see but it's not and without it's, a, and a lot everywhere of work. In, yeah totally everywhere in the country. And I don't think, like, it definitely doesn't happen anywhere spontaneously that, like, and that's, like, one of the things I feel like we've all really learned from having Lido around is that, like, you actually have to, like, find your thing, trust your own thing, and go in there and, like, fully realize it so that it can make a space to happen. Yeah, I mean, Lido Lido has been on this show a couple of times, and and she and I are are friends, and, and we have these conversations about, I mean, similar line of questioning for Lido in terms of her presentation, which is primarily, you know, in Spanish uh, and uh, primarily in front of non-Spanish speaking white audiences, that's where she's playing. And that's where she's building v- sort of incrementally, but it's expanding. She has a big audience now on some level. And uh, and I feel like because of people like her being outspoken about this situation and because of comments like the ones you've made, I am, and, and you know, I, I myself am also a, a visible minority and have been immersed in this scene or whatever you want to call it for a long time. I can't help but feel like there is incremental progress being made. Like the fact that your band is getting a, people are paying attention. That the fact that you're coming to Guelph, you know, uh, and playing, that to me is a sign that that people are people who are hoping to make a difference are in fact tr- you know having some success you know trying to book bands like yours and 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 people like Lido I, I do you do you feel that yeah do you feel I just like feel like progress the being only made? one thing that I would really like have to say like really have to say is an addendum to all of that is that it's happening because of so much invisible emotional labor like so yeah. much labor is going into educating people about the scenes it's like it causes so much harm and trauma behind the scenes that people don't see uh it's work and like definitely none of it happened anywhere without confrontation uh and continued confrontation and pressure and like and quite literally activism uh but I'm sure that that like that it's it's not spontaneous. I guess that's just like the only thing that like looking from afar, it seems like it's because it's a shift in the general cultural identity. But I think that that might be a mistake. I think that it's truly because there are people like pushing to see specific types of scenes and industries uh, promote a different value system. Right, and I mean, there's still a power imbalance in terms of the people who could make decisions to actually, uh, you know, enact such progress and, yeah. and foster such change. I mean, the people in charge often are are still of of a of a power. Like they have power, and uh, and they represent power. And and I, but I, 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 I'm still hopeful that there's change happening. I guess is my point. Yeah, but sure. you're right. It's the it's it's the result of a, a lot of hard work. We we. 
I have a sense of how, first of all, thanks for bringing that to light. But Shane, I, I want to ask you a little bit about your upbringing in China, because I think we have a strained perspective on China. I don't know enough about China. We, we hear about China a lot. You say you've always wanted to play in a band, but it wasn't until you came to Canada where you could actually do it. And that might have something to do with the age you were. It could be anything. But what was your experience like growing up in China? Did you feel free to express yourself as an artist? Um, it, you, are, are you asking the difference of being chi- being in China and, and being in Canada? I suppose I I suppose I am, but I I, I I I I yeah I suppose I am. I gather that you've had a liberating experience here because of the people you've met and the fact that you finally, after a, a, a long time of yearning to be in a band, you're in a band, so you must <laughs> you must have a certain amount of joy from that. But so I don't know if I meant specifically Canada, China in comparison. I just meant your general. Although I guess being in Canada, you now have a sense of what your life was like in China. So maybe, yes, on some level, I suppose I was asking that question. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So when I was a teenager, like when I was in China, um, it, it seemed impossible uh, to, to play in a band or to do music um, because of multiple reasons. First... Uh, being a girl is generally like dangerous to be involved with those scenes and it's not a a stereotype it's like it's truly (coughs) dangerous more or less Um, and uh, and also uh, playing playing music is expensive Uh, I I just couldn't afford Uh, it's also expensive here but like the like the DIY scene and the, just the spirit of trying to like do whatever way you can is uh, is a very common atmosphere here while it like doesn't exist in China. And then mainly uh, if you wanted to do anything like rock and roll related in China, you have to uh, to be prepared to explain yourself all the time because um people will question you and people will consider you as like a bad girl, bad person or whatever. Uh, and I, I was <laughs> just wasn't ready to, 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 uh, yeah, to, to fight that battle. And, um, uh, here in Canada, um, since everybody's playing music, uh, it's just a very natural thing for me to feel like, oh, uh, I can do that as well. Uh, but I find I'm still constantly um, having to explain myself to my family, to my friends in China, or to Chinese who are in Canada, uh, which is fine. They just can't conceive of how you are able to do such a thing as be the, the front person in a band called Century Egg? They just don't understand why people would like do rock and roll in general. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys? Do you guys understand why you want to do rock and roll? It's a, it's it's been a journey of understanding. We just do it. Think, worry about the consequences later. I guess. No, it's more like you cannot not do it, right? If you are that type of people, you yeah. would just do it. We are bad people. Like when you said that, like people, think, you're like, people think you're a bad girl. I was like, wait a second, Shane. <laughs> yes. Well, when you when you hear Nick, when you hear Nick and Shane, when you hear Nick and Robert talking about the Canadian independent music infrastructure and and how it hasn't been the most welcoming um, uh, environment for minorities. Do you relate to that on some level from based on your upbringing in China like that notion of so there being some form of marginalization and oppression like do you does that resonate with you? Yes. Um I have to say I'm fairly ignorant to the local and the Canadian music scene. Um and I'm not even like I don't even go to shows that often. Uh, but still uh I feel that um, especially say five years ago, like Ooh, five years ago, totally. when I 
when I occasionally went to shows, it's all white dudes playing, I'd say, boring music. <laughs>、um, and the, <laughs> the,、uh, the air is not welcoming. And if, if it just like, it, it even felt unsafe somehow、uh, if you go to a bar or whatever by yourself.、Um, and,、uh, but it, like, nowadays it's way better. Uh, you will be able to see female rockers pretty much at every show.、Uh, and if there's not enough female rockers in a festival or in a show, people will raise the question why there、yeah. are enough female rockers. Because we, are, we know there, there are a lot of them playing music.、Um, and what was the other thing I was going to say? Oh,、um, and、uh, the, the year and a half I lived in Toronto.、Um, I definitely experienced way more diversity、uh, in the music scene there. But at the same time, I also encountered way more direct racism.、Um, like, I remember being at Lido's show, and then there are dudes like, standing beside me saying like, extremely racist, offensive things that I had to move to another spot.、Uh, but I, I think that's good. I think the direct. Confrontation indicates things are changing. You think that the fact that they actually. No, wait, sorry, explain that. You, you thought it was good that they expressed themselves and you knew what was on their minds? Or、uh, that. Yeah, yeah. Not, not, not good that they're. Well, they can't express their mind, whatever.、Uh, I just, I'm just feeling happy to see like, the. The wound exposed, I guess. Like, yeah, yeah like, yeah. like the direct confrontation will be more and more frequent, I think, in the next following years. And, right. And one of the things that I've actually loved so much about like, getting to play with Shane in this band, too,、uh, because of Shane's upbringing in China, is the like, understanding of. Our relationship to African American peoples and African American classical music, and like how that is the root of rock and roll,、um, and how that understanding is actually really important in terms of how all of us, even as Century Egg, participate in this thing and like learn about rock and roll and what it means to us.、Um, and I feel like, yeah, I mean, that's been really interesting to me because, like, just as a fundamentally humanist. Humanitarian crisis.、Um, it like, even though Shane grew up in a different part of the world, we've like had a lot of understanding over talking about different stuff like that, which I feel like was kind of pretty validating in terms of like helping me understand that there are truths to some of these things and that like there's nothing dangerous about wanting to understand the histories of why we all practice all the different kinds of music that we do and participate in like the. Multi complicated world, we do. Sorry, can you expand upon how Shane's upbringing in China illuminated our relationship, or rather, rock and roll's relationship to African American culture? I, I didn't quite follow that. Well, I just felt like it was really important for me to, to like, talk about those things with Shane because those are parts of our lived experience here in North America、um, where, like, For example, when you grow up in another place, you're not like, necessarily educated about the entire. For example, like you just said, you don't know much about the history of China and the Chinese people.、Um, well, well I, I mean, I know what I've read and I know what I've heard, and I, I just know things through various mediated sources. It's not often I get to speak to someone who was raised there and can kind of give a firsthand account. That's all. Yeah, totally, totally. And so, like. One of the parts of being raised in North America for me, like again, as a racialized person, is being able to like share parts of the histories that we have when we grow up here, which is that we have a shared history with all African diaspora people in North America and all indigenous people in North America.、Uh, and so that for me, for like talking to somebody who came from a different part of the world, is like a really important part of sharing the history of what it means to be in Canada. Yeah,、uh, it's interesting. Well, having a, having a pop band in, in with this kind of like,、uh, you know, the, the rock and roll is in music that we grew up in. It's, it's an exemplary of,、uh, 
you know, you know, like uh, Shane comes from a totally different side of the world. We meet up and there's songs that we know the same. You know, there's you know, there's globalization happening and like uh, uh, black music it was part of carrying this, uh, you know, you know, kind of like Western influence in the other countries. It's it's really interesting um, learning about how Shane interfaced with like pop music, uh, like Western music, um, kind of like growing up and what kind of stuff she gravitated to. Uh, it made us think about uh, um, how kind of like, uh, you know, genuine connections of the content and the music, you know, how, you know, you meet someone who likes the same kind of music that you do. Um, uh, if that person has an extremely different kind of upgrade, bringing a totally different uh, worldview uh, but still likes the same things, then there's like a really profound connection because you feel like it's at odds to something, right? And 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 it, and it does sound like you're constant. Like I'm a I'm somewhat astonished. I I mean I spoke with Lido about your band recently when Lido was in Guelph. Lido Pimenta, who we were re- referencing earlier, and I've heard about your band quite a bit. But until having this discussion, I kind of didn't realize how strong the kind of socio-cultural political current running through your... I just didn't know that this was all there. We don't talk that, about it a whole lot, like at shows or anything like that. Like, uh, Lita will have, a, um, you know, like parts of her show where she'll she'll talk to the audience. We don't have... We have hardly any talking. Um, we, you know, we really do our communicating through through the songwriting, but it's it all is it's all informed by that kind of stuff. <coughs> there's like a large amount of, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that informs you know what we do and not you know there's a lot you know any any musician can point to a, a whole complex web of of influences that influences what they do but this this uh these are you know kind of pertinent themes right now and it just happens to intersect with our music making. and just like the most basic and obvious themes about the way that we live our lives in canada like again it doesn't even seem like exemplary or it's just like so normal so totally normal yeah to <laughs> right and i I think the other side of it is, you know, you've expressed the, the one of you, I think it might have been Tree earlier, was like, I wanted to play in a pop rock band, which isn't often a haven for uh, political discussion. Often, I'm stereotyping, obviously, and I'm generalizing. Sometimes it really, really is. You guys are a punk band, it's fair to say, right? Mm, I would say so, yeah. A punk, punk band? Punk or funk? Punk? I no, I didn't say, I didn't say funk. Oh. I said punk. Punk. Okay. I was like, are we talking about the same kind of music? Yeah, uh, I guess. <laughs> Definitely, our live show is. Our live show is very punk. Yeah, we're really. Well, we're extreme. One thing that uh, people who see us for the first time might be surprised by <clears throat> is the sheer volume. And uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I, I meant I, I meant sort of philosophically, ideologically, if not sonically, you know, whatever that means. But it. I kind it, of it, always think a little bit more of like uh, tropicalia. Right. Yeah. Sure. Because that, uh, I, I mean, like, I always just think about Caetano and Gilberto Gale talking about how they like wanted to speak to the world and they didn't want to speak to Brazil, and then they heard about the Beatles and they were like, "Well, this is what we're going to do from now on." Right. <laughs> right. So, you, but you're not cottoning a f- onto a form. This is a natural expression that uh, I don't know that necessarily the masses are going to to catch on. But you're you're hoping to. To get in people's faces a little bit with these ideas, I assume. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I feel like it's just impossible not to. <laughs> I would love to not have to. <laughs> I, I have to say, uh, I, I feel like I have to clarify that uh, our songs are not that, like the songs themselves and lyrics are not that political. And yeah. we're not trying to be uh, political, um, It, but... Because of our cultural background, um, the like the value and um, a lot of experience we share as immigrants and minority people are just there as like quality data in yeah. our songs. Yeah, and I I think that's a very important distinction because sometimes you can just be functioning as a band, and then people will ascribe politics onto you um oh absolutely thank you oh my god thank you thank you for saying that that rocks. well it's true you you're just you're just doing your thing and people assume 
because of maybe the makeup of your band or something. Um, I mean, again, I'm saying this. We've just had a very, I think, fruitful conversation about these issues. And I think it's been really what I was trying to say is it's been illuminating for me because I just didn't know. But I think Um, you actually just lit up something really, really interesting, which is like part of why it feels so hostile is like your basic experience, like just basic, not political experience. Like your life is political if you are a visible minority in North America. Uh, yeah. and, you, and it's not political, it's just basic, super basic part of your life. But then when you go to interface with a community who like sees their experience as apolitical and then wants to prescribe politics onto you, which is absolutely ridiculous, like that's very hostile right? and very othering and confusing because then it's like hard to just be yourself, which is also part of why Century is such an awesome haven for us because we say a lot of wild stuff together (laughs) well and 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 i just wanted to point that out because and i'm sorry if i interrupted you shane but i think that that is an important point that you raised yeah i remember i said the the reason one of the main reason for this band is just because i couldn't be in a band when as a teenager girl teenage girl so like uh the band the music carrying a lot of like teenage girl dreams so oh totally it's not political in a way but it's also very political like gender gender politics wise yeah maybe maybe your teenage girl dream was political in its own way yeah my my dad always wanted to push me to be a politician (laughs) she's totally reading our minds right now what are you doing (laughs) <laughs> well i i do appreciate this time with you guys and it, it was as i say i enjoy this very much uh what's what's coming up for century egg what's what's going on i know i mentioned that you're you're coming to guelph we're coming to guelph we've been uh we're really excited to play at kazoo fest we're going to be playing on uh, april 7th uh that's going to we've kind of put a little tour together around that um so we're going to be playing in uh Let's see, we're leaving on the 1st of April. We're playing in uh, Sackville. Um, uh, Julie Doron's playing that show, actually. I'm really excited. Uh, we're playing in uh, Ottawa um, for the Debaser Spring thing. Uh, playing in Hamilton at Haven. Uh, I should put these dates. So, yeah, uh, the <laughs> <laughs> Ottawa is on April 3rd. Uh, Hamilton's on April 4th at Haven. We're playing at the Burdock in Toronto with Lita Pimienta on uh, the... Uh, fourth, no, sorry, the fifth. fifth. We're playing at uh, East Village Arts Collective in London um, on the sixth. Then we're playing in the seventh in Guelph, and then uh, playing at Doctor One's Club in uh, Montreal on uh, on Saturday the eighth. And then we drive long drive back to Halifax, and then we'll sleep. And then uh, very soon after the tour, we were going to release our first music video. Uh, with my animation, so you will be see the animation I talked about. Oh before. yeah, we forgot. Also, we've got uh, we've got an EP coming out next. Oh yeah, week. We, we're touring with our second EP, River God, which is the sequel to the first EP, Mountain God, uh, <laughs> and then the music video, which is another new song that is not. Uh, it's another new song not included in the second EP, uh, and after that, we are also planning to put out our first album but that's still yeah sort of a plan (laughs) well that's it's good to have plans what's with all the gods why are you having why all these god eps uh i don't know there's just like a lot of gods in my mind all the time (laughs) uh they're not like actual gods they're 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 like fictional gods that i imagine based on chinese folk tales and 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 uh, Chinese religions and uh, uh, yeah, like. there's a lot of subversion that goes on. No, talk about like this. What we do know of the lyrics, like in uh, in Mountain God, it's like that God's like kind of like really like lazy yeah. and and hungry. Uh, it's really just more like. <laughs> am I misinterpreting? No, it, it's okay. Uh, so yeah, the mount. Uh, if you're interested in the meaning of the Chinese lyrics, uh, "Mountain God" is about because um, we Chinese people believe that uh, each mountain has its own god, and like the mountain, the god has their own personalities. So uh, I I described uh, myself as a god that is kind of irresponsible and not 
going to work, which is like going to check the mountain or whatever, not going to work on time every day, but just hanging with the mountain animals and eating food and and being friends with evil animals, so like wolves and tigers, but also like, taking care of weak animals like rabbits and stuff. Uh, and, and yeah, just live in a completely natural uh, kind of way. So th that's, yeah, it's basically that. Uh, uh, but the, the new song, uh, River God, I think it's a, a little bit more profound. Uh, it's about, the the uh, cycle of uh, water turning to rain and falling into a river and then and then going to the ocean and then become cloud and turning to rain again. Uh, it's about um, a, a a goddess a, a river goddess journey um, um, leaving her hometown and coming back every year. Um, never be able to stay in one place, um, but being everywhere all the time. That, that's Okay, I think the, ri the river god made sense. The mountain god sounded complicated. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> just a little. The mountain god just seemed all over the place. The river god, I think, had a plan, but the mountain god, there's just a lot going on. But I appreciate that. It's They're all different, every god. That's interesting. Now, uh, I think it was Robert mentioned uh being very excited about coming to kazoo fest in guelph and i'm i'm calling you from guelph it, it, I, I should ask what do you know of kazoo why are you so stoked to come here uh, i've been to guelph a couple times before um and uh it always seems like yeah that it's a real like uh you, you know like like uh, small towns that have kind of like a like a art a lot of artists um, and whenever there's like a festival or something, you do like I was there for the uh, Hillside Inside one year, and um, yeah, it seems like you know like people are really like everyone's really stoked when like a festival takes over town. I don't know if Kazoo is one of the kinds that this is like, like a takeover type. Is it a very big scale thing? I haven't been there for Kazoo before. There's a uh, lot of bands. Kazoo, I think it's a it is in its own way a big scale thing. It, it actually immerses itself completely in the downtown and. And actually transforms spaces into new and meaningful spaces. Uh, you know, like uh, what we would call alternative venues or whatever. Like they are very imaginative with their programming and 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 how they immerse different businesses uh, in the experience. And so we all go to different rooms and places we've never been, and we check them out, even as residents, as as people who live here. Kazoo has opened my eyes to places I just didn't even know about. So. Cool. They're very good. At, they're very good at that. Awesome. Yeah. 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 We're very stoked to to be around. We'll be uh, like uh, la we're playing with uh, the band Laps, and they're um, you know they're from the New Brunswick, all living in in Montreal now. But uh, we'll be re we played a show with them a couple of months ago, and we'll be re reunited with them. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's always it's always cool going to uh, going to a town when there's a festival going on. It's pretty exciting. Like we did Sappy Fest last summer, and that was a really awesome weekend. So. Yeah. The lovely, lovely town of Sackville, New Brunswick. Mm -hmm. It oh. doesn't get nicer than that place. It's a beautiful place. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. So so River God will be out, and people can go to centuryegg.bandcamp.com, I presume, to hear that yep. thing? Yep, for sure. Um, we'll put it up the second it's done. <laughs> so uh, it'll be next week, probably, like, probably Tuesday. But go to um, facebook.com slash egg of the century, and we'll kind of prep y'all if... Uh, for when it's coming. Okay, and my understanding is that we actually are going to premiere a song. Is that right? Are we going to go to a song right now from River God? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, that'd be great. That'd be great. That would be great. I'm excited. What are we going to hear? Uh, let's hear the title track, River God. Yeah, River that? God. Okay, sir. So I guess you explained the River God. Maybe there's nothing more to say. We should just hear it, right? Sure. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to thank you, Shane, Robert, and, and Tree, and Nick. Thank you so much for being on the show, and and best of luck with everything. This is uh, this is River God by Century Egg. I, thank you, Century Egg. It was really a pleasure. Thanks, thank Fish. You. Thanks for having Fish. us. Thank you. Thank you. 
a short but sweet song by Halifax's Century Egg. That was the title track from their new EP, River God, which you can learn more about and listen to at centuryegg.bandcamp.com. I learned a lot of things just talking to Century Egg. I, I laughed a little. I thought a lot about stuff. I enjoyed that conversation. Thank you very much, Century Egg. I'm looking forward to meeting you all in person. This is the 310th episode of the Creative Control Podcast, which you can find pretty much anywhere now. iTunes, Audio Boom, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast, whatever your podcast platform is, it should be there now. I don't think it always was, and that's on me. It only took me four years to figure this out, but now I think it's everywhere. You can also learn more about the show at vishkana.com. You can also make a flexible monthly donation to keep the podcast going at patreon.com slash creative control. And I have uh, envelopes. I was missing envelopes. Now I have envelopes. So if you've ordered a t-shirt in the last few months, I apologize. I will send out your t-shirts to you. I'm sorry. And if you want a t-shirt, send me a message. I still have some in select sizes, so I will send you a t-shirt if you want but uh, it would be nice if you, uh, you know, donated to the Patreon page. That would be fun. Also, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at Vish Creative and at Vish Kana, and listen to a version of, of this show every Wednesday at noon Eastern Standard Time at CFRU.ca or CFRU 93.3 FM in Guelph if you're in the area. Oh, I should mention our sponsors, the finest pizzeria in Guelph, Pizza Trocadero. Call them for pickup or delivery at 519-829-2444. TrocaderoGuelph.ca for more info as well. The Bookshelf, an independently owned bookstore, bar, music venue, movie theater, and restaurant. That's where Century Egg are playing when they come to, to Guelph. They're playing at the E-Bar, which is part of the Bookshelf. Uh, 41 Quebec Street in Guelph. Bookshelf.ca for more information about them. And for the finest coffee anywhere, try Planet Bean Freshly Roasted Fair Trade Certified Organic Coffee. They're amazing. PlanetBeanCoffee.com That's it for me. I'll talk to you soon. Goodbye for now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.